Welcome to the Woodlawn Triangle, stories from the Woodlawn Farmer's Market. This podcast is a collection of interviews with the vendors and market goers of the Woodlawn Farmer's Market community. I'm your host, Meg. Thanks for joining us for a new episode of the Woodlawn Triangle. I'm really excited to have made it to the second episode with you. This has been a huge undertaking, but a really great one. We've even upgraded our technology. We have this handy little portable audio recorder now, and the sound quality is much better than my iPhone, um, but I still do use a sock as my windscreen. Windscreens cost about $40, so this is a much more economical choice for us, but it works. You're still going to hear music in the background, but this is music that's being played at the market, so it's kind of like you're there, and it's usually good music. Uh, but you might just have to listen a little bit closer. We've also got a slick new logo for our podcast, and you can see that on the Facebook page, which is up, our SoundCloud, and our iTunes. Um, On all those platforms, we're under Woodlawn Triangle. So I've lived a street away from the market since it started two years ago, and I've been able to go every Saturday morning six months out of the year to get my veggies, honey, flowers, and eggs from the same vendors. In the process of being a buyer, I've gotten to know the vendors and care about them. Shopping at the market is very personal for me, and I have a hard time getting that same experience at a grocery store. I love being able to walk five seconds to see my friends and get the products I can depend on. With the extra benefit of supporting small businesses in a neighborhood where the rent goes up every month. On a personal note, my own landlord um, decided to sell his house and so I've had to move from the neighborhood, which is a little bit sad, but I am going to keep going back because that is how much I love the market. In this episode, I would like to introduce you to some of our vendors and their stories. I got to sit down with four of them and talk to them about their products and how they came to be farmers or vendors at the market. We talked to Mildred Winters from Mildred Sweet Treats, who is selling at the community table. We also get a what's in season update from Javier Lara of Anahuac Organic Produce. Jesse Sandoval from Los Roast Chili Company is a specialty vendor at the market, and he tells us about selling chilies at markets and in Portland. And last, we get to talk to Sarah Carrion from Hollyhock Farms, who gets kind of up close and personal about what it's like to be a farmer and a mother and making some big life decisions. On a first-come, first-served basis, community members can sell what they've made or grown at the community table. It's a good way for people to test their product. And if their product sells well, they can consider getting a booth at the market. Because of the nature of selling with your fellow community members, it can be a very diverse crowd of people and products. Mildred is one of our community sellers who attends the most. Well, hi, my name is Mildred. My products is... Mildred Sweet Treats, and I bake my products, they're made from scratch, and I bake them in my home, in the certified kitchen. My specialty is southern desserts, you know, like banana pudding, sweet potato pies, 
blackberry cobbler, things like that. I'm privileged to have the opportunity to come here and share my baked goods with, uh, with the community. I look forward to doing it more often. I enjoy what I do. I really enjoy what I do. So uh, that gives me more. That gets me more excited about you know sharing uh, my baked goods and coming here and bringing them, you know, to the so the community can share them. And I also have the chocolate chip gluten-free cookies, which have been a, a pretty good sale. And today I have lemonade because it's like it's so hot. So it's like yes, today is lemonade day. <laughs> Okay, and what is the most challenging thing for you to bake? Challenging. Well, some of the most challenging things is, is uh, some of the things that I would make with yeast. And sometimes I do make cinnamon rolls, which is not too challenging right now because I am used to baking with yeast. I did go to, to culinary school. It, that's because it was a intimidating for me, you know, to, to use yeast and to, you know, bake those breads and different things. So um, it's become less of a challenge. I just love doing it. You know, it might be a little uh, intimidating to, to some people to even just bake a cookie, but I just enjoy doing it. Yeah. So which school did you go to? I went to Clark College okay. in Vancouver, yeah. uh, the culinary school, the baking training program, and also the, the cooking uh, the, the cooking program, I, I did that too, so yeah. And do you live in Woodlawn? I live near the area, I live near, I live in, the, in, the, uh, in this neighborhood, uh, this community neighborhood, not very far from here, yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. Perfect, thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> And next up, we get a What's in Season update from Javier Lara, who owns Anahuac Organic Produce. Like right now, they have this, this Asian greens. It's called Tatsoi. I'm trying to introduce it to the market. It's really good for salads or for if you can satay them. Okay. And we also have uh, three different varieties of melons. They're all really sweet. We have a French variety that's called Saber. Then we also have uh, uh, the Escorial and the Halona. They're both really good. My customers are really talking really good about it. So the quality of the flavor. And of course, and mushrooms, believe it or not, we have chanterelles. Chanterelles and lobsters are not a summer mushroom. They're a fall mushroom. But for X reason, the rain that we had four weeks ago, it pushed them up. So now we have chanterelles and we have uh, lobsters available. We always now, we're going to start bringing uh, uh, dry morels, so we're always going to have them every Saturday. And of course, creminis and oysters, fresh oysters and fresh creminis, the, those always we're going to have them available. So, yeah, that's all we have right Great. now. Great, yeah, thank yep. you. Jesse from Los Rose Green Chili Company is a specialty vendor at the market. He's a specialty vendor because green chilies are super seasonal. And so that means that he's only at the market in August and September. But the cool thing about Jesse and Lowstress Green Chili Company is that you always know when they're there. He brings his bright yellow truck with the roaster attached to the trunk of it. And he roasts these chilies in this like round thing that spins and you can just hear it chopping and spinning and you can smell the scent of these chilies roasting 
and it's just this like really awesome sight and experience i i don't think it was something i expected when i would see his product in the store or when i heard that he was one of our vendors that was going to be selling at the farmer's market so we're really lucky to have him there and um we've got a great interview with him about roasting green chilies I'm Jesse. I'm one of the co-owners of Los Rose Green Chili Company. Um, we bring in fresh chili from uh, New Mexico. They're certified uh, heirloom uh, chili peppers, and these peppers are only grown in New Mexico, so they're a special treat for anybody that uh, has become accustomed to uh, tasting the New Mexican chili pepper. So what we do here at the Woodland Market is um, we roast to order um, different varieties of peppers. They range in mild, medium, hot, and extra, extra hot. Um, and then what usually happens is people take these roasted peppers home and they sweat them and they uh, chop them up, dice it, or um, however they choose to incorporate it in their meal. And then they uh, store it for the year. Um, and traditionally speaking, since this pepper is only harvested a month, month and a half out of the year, that's what they do. They treat it very much like a gaming meat where you roast as much as you can and then you freeze it and store it for, throughout the, the year. Okay, so what's your favorite thing to eat with these peppers? Um, boy, that's tough. Uh, a fresh roasted pepper on a grill straight to a cheeseburger is wonderful, a veggie burger. Um, making a... Really the only time of year where you can make a proper chili relleno is when the peppers are fresh. Okay. So you roast it and you make a, a chili relleno out of that. That would probably be my yeah. favorite thing to do. Nice. And yeah. when are they freshest? Um, this, the season usually starts first week of August, goes mid-September to early October depending on the crop. Um, it varies just uh, by the weather. Um, right now we're mid-season. Um, had a quick start to the season, however, now that the peppers are really fully developing, they're very flavorful, um, and probably some of the best chilies I've seen out of the out of the valley in a long time. Nice, it yeah. feels special. Yes, then. great. Yes. Thank you. One of the market's favorite fans is featured in this episode. The band is called Old Barn Preservation Society. And our last interview is with Sarah from Hollyhock Farms. I did this interview from the children's booth that is at the market. And like I mentioned earlier, Sarah has a child. She actually has a daughter named Holly, who is the namesake of Hollyhock Farms. During that time, you can hear little Holly playing in the background. I'm Sarah, and I'm with Hollyhock Farm. Let's see. And also Nathan is the other farmer at Hollyhock Farm, and little Holly. And we are here at Woodlawn Market today selling grapes and apples and pears and Asian pears. That's what we brought today. So fruit. Yeah, and we also have our fruit CSA pickup here. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So how long have you been doing this? Let's see, this is our first day at the market this year and we were also here last year through, the, through most of the season, the later season, the fruit season. So what's, um, what about the market? Have you noticed that's different from last year to this year? Hmm. It seems 
um, it seems like there's a lot more steady traffic here compared to last year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think that has to do with anything in particular? Maybe the location also, just that people know it's here. Yeah. I think that, yeah, people are more familiar with it and they like it. Sure. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it's grown. It's a lot bigger than it was last year, too. Yeah, there's a lot of pluses this year that have changed since last summer. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of history about your farm. Uh, how'd you start it? Well, we actually lease our farm from Oregon Sustainable Agriculture Land Trust. It's called Osalt. And there's a few different farms and lands around the Portland area that are held in trust by Osalt. And we found it on Friends of Family Farmers, which is like a website. It's like a land link website. Actually, I think Friends of Farm Family Farmers has actually called it now Land Link Oregon. It used to be called iFarm. And it's to connect um, people who are seeking land with people who own land and want somebody to come farm it. So we found it on there. Um, and what we were doing at that time Oh, Nathan had been working at a different farm that did a full diet CSA, which is what our original goal was when we moved to the Northwest, was to um, have a CSA where we can have raise meat and grains and milk and eggs and, and produce for like a small community of people. So he was working there, but he ended up getting laid off because uh, there's not a lot of job security in farming. and. Um, there's next the CSA season ended and their next membership year just wasn't enough to keep on two employees so he got laid off and uh, we were looking for the next opportunity and we found this farm that we're leasing right now that's called Natural Harvest and it's in Canby and we lived in Newburgh so we moved to Canby <laughs> and and yeah started learning there <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. so um, that program Sounds like something you had a good experience with. Is that right? Yeah, it was a really unique opportunity um, where we live with the people who, they're life tenants. They, they bought the farm years ago and they started farming it organically when they bought it. And um, they still live there now and they will live there for the rest of their lives. And so they are like our neighbors. And then we live on the land as well, and we manage all of the, the acreage in the farm other than their little yard. So we got uh, 22 acres of land in our hands suddenly when we started leasing it, and um, that was right spring of last year, so two springs ago. That's a lot of land. Yeah, there was it, it was a pretty large chunk, and we we bought our first flock of sheep and four goat or we got three goats. We have three more now, but we had five anyway. Everyone had babies this spring, so we got we started grazing animals. Uh, that was like our research project. So part of leasing the land from the land trust is you do a research project every year, and ours was. Um, grazing animals, especially goats, and how that, how effective that is in controlling invasive Himalayan blackberries. So we got the animals that helped a lot of acreage, and there are 
orchards there and um, established grapevines. Um, so there was that to take care of, uh, pruning and lots of blackberries. Yeah. There's still lots of blackberries. With and just two of you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, two women. And a baby. And a, and a, and a small baby, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. So what's the future of this farm as you see it? It has a lot of potential. Um, when we moved in, uh, we wanted to, to be kind of dedicated to minimizing our use of fossil fuels. Um, so part of the idea of having animals is to, for them to, to cut the grass because the grass needs to be mowed all the time. And also to provide fertilizer for the soil. But they, they don't eat enough grass compared to how fast the grass grows out there, even close. And, and then in addition to that, Nathan used a broad fork, which is like a, hand, a really big hand tool for double digging beds. So he dug all of our big vegetable beds by hand last year, which is also a lot of work. Um, <laughs> out of just like a grass field. And... This year we just decided to focus on fruit because it, it was a lot of work and um, we are just focusing on the perennials, the grapes and the trees that are already there and then in our greenhouse we have just melons and strawberries. Um, but uh, Claire and Pete from Udan Farm are going to lease the farm when we move in October and they are getting ready already using a tractor, to doing soil prep to um, spread compost and improve the soil for next year and they're going to use a tractor to create beds. So there's going to be significant vegetable production going on there next year. And then the fruit trees are in a much healthier shape now than um, they were a couple years ago. They're, they're freed from all of the blackberries and their fruit production has increased a lot this year from last year. So I think you're going to see a lot of fruit from them too next year. And the strawberries should be established and producing really well next year too. Thank you. <laughs> just got yeah. a T-Rex. <laughs> Perfect. That's your dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, that's a star. I have another one too. Oh. <laughs> Two stars. <laughs> Do you want your T-Rex? Interesting, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you. You. Know, you want me to keep it. Thank you. <laughs> focus more on vegetables than we um, we kind of focused on animals and they're not going to raise grazers and ruminants and things like that. I think they're just going to stick with the, the chickens and the ducks that we have now and probably maybe buy, increase their flock, hopefully, because there's plenty of space for more birds. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you want to say about what's your favorite thing to farm? Or? Well... Um, our favorite thing to farm is is everything. Yeah. <laughs> but right now, what's really what we really miss is having fresh eggs every day. We have, and having the choice like, do we eat duck eggs? Do we eat chicken eggs today? And we have you know so many that we don't even know what to do with. And we just um, 
recently have have a freezer full of lamb meat that's lamb that we raised ourselves and all these things that were like life goals for us that we are achieving right now so that's exciting yeah. and we'll miss that kind of stuff yeah and for her to be able to just like pick fruit wherever she goes take a bite of that throw it away and take a bite of that throw it away Thanks for listening to Woodlawn Triangle. Special thanks for this episode goes to Mildred of Mildred Sweet Treats, Javier Lara of Anawak Organic Produce, who gave us our What's in Season update, Jesse Sandoval from Los Rose Green Chili Company, and Sarah Carrion from Hollyhock Farms. This podcast was hosted by me, Meg Chambers, and engineered, as always, by Margie Rudick. Remember to visit the Woodland Farmers Market Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. You can download this podcast from SoundCloud and iTunes, and please like us and give us feedback on Facebook.